Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. You just saw the value. I mean, can I tell you, if you go through Operation Go, and which is a 13-week trainer-trainee, two hours a week, and you go out on visitation with your partner and learn how to do it, and you're producing the soul winners, I want to tell you, you're going to see an ad that's going to say practice, 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 practice. You need to practice. you got to practice. And so that's a very, very important thing. You learn so much by practicing, but make sure you practice also with somebody who is pretty well competent in how to present Christ and got a plan that they follow like that. All right, let's jump back into it for just a minute. Look down at number four, how to keep what you catch. And what's the first thing? Let's go this, see what we got here on Golden Key. Let me give you this first. Golden Key number three, if you want to write it down, is never, never, never embarrass anybody. And I hope you have picked that up from what I've said. Uh, can I say some words? Be nice. Yeah. Be kind. You know, be complimentary. All those, that's a very, very important thing. And uh, I was doing research again. I love that verse where the Bible talks about uh, that a merry, it does good like a medicine, merry heart, good, faithful spirit. I was doing it through Proverbs. I forget whether this morning or last, yes, morning. And you go through this whole thing of what cheerfulness can do. We ought to be kind of a medicine for the people around a little bit. Right. We, we need to be. And most of us think to be an independent Baptist, you got to trip up old ladies or poke them in the eyes with your fingers. The meaner, you, <laughs> the meaner you are, the better Baptist you are. I don't know, where do we get that stuff from? And a Christian ought to be kind. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. We ought to be. And we ought to look for ways to be that way. All right, now, let's jump if we can. And I want to throw that up there and say a word about an app. You need to put that app on your phone. It's free. And you can do it by going to Operation Go. I'll give you time later on. I maybe should have thrown that up then, but I didn't want you to get you off your practice. You need to download that app. Uh, Joey Salko, who heads up everything we do in Manila, uh, Joey gets eight or ten people together, gets his iPad, and goes through this 13 points on his iPad and leads people to Christ. He was in a government office recently, had 11 people. He sat down and he showed them on this. He said, let me show you. And it goes through the 13 steps, step by step. And of the 11, he led nine of them to Christ. Wow. I'm just trying to tell you, that's a real help to you. It will also train you how to use the 13-point plan. So you don't want to download. All you got to do is go to Operation Go. You'll see that up there. And you just hit, you know, whatever you hit on your app store. And uh, it'll download it. It's free. Uh, and then learn to use it. It's important. Um, also, because you registered this morning, you're going to receive daily devotions by email from us. And you'll receive them not beginning tomorrow morning. It takes us about a week to get it on there. But very soon on a Monday, then on Wednesday, you're going to receive soul winning training helps. It comes by email. It's free. And so we do this, been doing this for a long time and get good response to it. And so we do everything we can to help people to really 
understand how to witness effectively, be motivated to do it, and learn how to do it in a better way. All right, how to keep what you catch. Let's jump right if we can to step number 12, give him assurance of salvation. I'm going to slow down here a minute because this is so important. Give him assurance of salvation. Give him assurance of salvation. Now, the discipleship process starts by giving him assurance of salvation. This whole discipleship issue, one of the things that our ministry and me myself have probably been accused of as much of anything I can remember that I know of is people say you for soul winning, but you forget discipleship. And uh, the opposite is true. It kind of offends me personally for people to say that. Because you run into people, you know, you, there's sometimes in the ministry people say, I got certain things I major on. The guy said, I major on soul winning. I major on discipleship. Well, since when do you have a, a choice? Does the Bible teach we ought to be soul winners? Yes. Does the Bible say we ought to disciple our converts? Yes. So which one are you going to be in disobedient in? <laughs> How about neither one? How about doing both? Right. That's a very important thing to do. And yes, you are for discipleship. Just because you major on soul winning doesn't mean you're going to play down discipleship. So, and Matthew, if you come up here and help me again just a minute. <laughs> I told you, Matthew, we're going to have a lot of fun. And would you pick up a book on that table? Like I thought I had it up here. No. Pick up that little book that says Fruit of the Remains and bring that book up with you. I want everybody to get five of these before you leave here and take it with you. I'll show you why. We produce this book, and I use it for discipleship. You don't have to use it, but it's a good way. When do I want him to begin growing in grace? Instantly. Right? Okay. So I'm going to give him assurance of salvation, and I'm going to slow down a little bit, and I think it's so very important that we do so. So step number 12, give him assurance. Step number 11 was this. God bless you. I'm sure glad you got saved. All right. Let me ask you this. Are you good at memory work? Not really. I'm not either. I really don't. But I got one verse I want you to memorize. And I'm going to give you this booklet right here. I'll show you why in a minute. But here's the verse. In here we got John and Romans. You know, I told you in Romans that that's the book. So we got right out of the Bible, John and Romans. And a lot of people in America don't have a Bible, believe it or not. Right. And worldwide, we use this in many, many different languages now. But here's the verse. And I'm going to take this and I'm going to come to Romans chapter 3. I'm sorry, that's not the verse I want you to memorize. I want you to memorize chapter 10. And I want you to memorize verse 13. I'll circle it there for you. All right, look at it with me. It says, for whosoever, this is the last verse we looked at a minute ago. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever. Tell me, Matthew, who does that whosoever Teach him the verse. Who does that mean? Uh, me. It means you. It means me. It means anybody. Yeah, For whosoever. And I have some people, who does whosoever? They say it means God. I said, don't make them feel bad. You teach it. So I said, well, let's look at it again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, it means everybody. Okay. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Now, you just called on the name of the Lord, didn't you? Did you mean it? Yes, sir. Sure you did. Now, I'm going to read that verse wrong, so you correct me, if you don't mind. All right. All right, watch. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. Says shall be saved. Says shall. That's the strongest word that God could put in the Bible to tell us that something definitely could never be changed, that God took care of it himself. Yes, Church don't take care of it. I don't take care of it. 
It's God that said, if you'll do that, you shall be saved. So, watch this. You just call on the Lord, ask the Lord to save you, and you meant it. Right? So, according to the Bible, would you be a saved man or a lost man? A saved man. Saved man. Where do saved people go when they die? Heaven. Heaven. Now, remember step number two? I've had people look at me and say, Heaven. I'm going to heaven. Just like that. And I, tell me, you said you're going to heaven. Why? Because I'm saved. Because you've been saved. Or, and I, you say, do you tell everybody, everybody gets saved. Yeah, you want them to know. So I said, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. You've done exactly what the Bible, which is God's Word. God cannot lie. God gave you His Word. So you're saved because the Bible tells you you're saved. Because you've got God's Word on it. So you could turn the tables on me and you could say, David, if you die right now, where would you go? And I'd say, well, I know for sure I'd go to heaven. Yeah, but you're a preacher. Let's see. For whosoever shall be a preacher shall be. No. I had a time in my life when I did exactly what you did. I probably understood less about it than you do. And I said, God, ask the Lord to save me. And I'm saved because I did what the Bible told me to do. All right. Now, let me tell you something I'm going to do here for you, Matthew. You got a birth certificate? Uh, somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm a, you're going to have two now. Because right. I'm going to give you a spiritual birth certificate. Yes, the Bible says, remember Jesus, you may remember this in John, he told you, you must be born again. That's a spiritual birth. So if you had a physical birth, when you get saved, you got a, this is a lot of, this, isn't it, growth? Okay. So I'm going to fill this out all the way for him and give it to him as parchment. If you want to cut it out, you can frame it. And there's a lot of helps in this book. Now, I'd take my time and fill that out for him, and I'd sign it. Okay? Then, here's how to effectively use this right here. By the way, here's the plan from the Bible on how to show somebody how to go to heaven. 13-point plan. So, somebody says, how did you get saved? You can write that short. What you need to do. So, that's very important. Now, there's another important page in here. I want you to look at right after the Bible verses in here. There's a page here. I'll take my time finally. And here's what it says. And I'm going to ask you to think about filling this out. You're saved and you're going to heaven. Yes. But now you need to grow and learn more about the Bible. It's called discipleship. Okay. I, Matthew, have accepted uh, Christ as my Lord and Savior on this day. We'll fill that in. Today I'm willing to make a further commitment to become to my Heavenly Father, I'm committed to become His disciple. What does that mean? It means you're going to begin to learn more about the Bible. To help you, we got 12 lessons in here. Every lesson, lesson number one, what is salvation? Questions, you'll answer them. Fill in the blanks. Everyone's got the answers upside down at the end, but don't cheat. You've got to fill it out first before you look at it, okay? And so you're going to go through all of these lessons. It's going to answer all the first questions you've got and get you started right. I wish somebody had done this for me. It would have helped me a lot when I first got started. So if you'd be willing to now take these lessons and begin to learn more about the Lord, I want you to fill this out. Nobody's ever refused. Now, note, then I fill the bottom out. I, David Wood, realizing that in obedience to the Great Commission, I'm to teach and train a new Christian soul on this day. I'll sign it and give him my cell number. Do I want him to call me? Yes. Yes. Because June, June was in heaven a while ago. She had a brand new baby there. She had a brand new baby. Well, you don't have a baby and leave it out on the street. You don't give birth to a Christian and leave him out. On, you, you want to disciple that person. 
right? And so I'm going to do that. Now, one other thing in this book, right, is this is very important. I don't know if your parents ever did this or not, but some parents have a kid, and they'll, excuse me, a child, and they'll have a chart. He's three foot two, he's three foot, you ever seen these charts? Your parents have one? Yeah. Did they really? Okay. <laughs> I got one for you too. Really? Here it is right here, watch. Record of events. And this is your growth now spiritually, the day you get saved. We can fill it out right now, and we fill it out. Now, baptism, you'll want to think about that. And you're going to have a lesson in here. Don't worry about it. Learn from the Bible what God wants you to do. Okay? Church membership, you want to join a good Bible preaching church where you can grow in grace. Now, tithing, maybe it should say stewardship, because tithing means God you put your life in God's control, and God helps you to invest your life. It's everything about life. So you'll learn more about that than soul winning. I personally won my first soul to Jesus and experienced a blessing the day you won them, you're in the name of the person you won to Christ. I want to help you to learn to win your first person to reproduce yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you get a person to fill that out, you pretty well develop a pretty. And how quick can a person do that? How, per how quick can a person do that? Huh? They can do that almost within a matter of weeks. So that's very important. Thank you, Matthew. God bless you. We really appreciate that. Now, I want to encourage you to do what you can. To do, I mean, honestly, do what you can to get four or five of these books. And look at that book and get familiar with it. Keep them with you and use them to disciple people. Uh, when I was in Kenya, we had a young lady who was 24 years old who was a waitress. And uh, this was uh, back about three or four weeks ago, whatever it was. And so she worked hard and kind of got, got your attention. So the second day I was there, I got talking to a witness to her and was able to lead her to Christ. And I went up and got one of these books, and I grounded her and got to know her a little bit better, 24 years old. And I said, uh, you've been working there long? She said, yeah. I worked six days a week and 10 hours a day. I worked for $5 a day. It cost me $3 for transportation in and out, so I net $2 a day for 10 hours work. That's $12 a week. I said, well, you're at home with your parents? She said, my dad is dead, but I helped my mother and my two siblings that are younger than me. She said, but I graduated from college, and that shocked me. I said, how did you do that? And she said, I just have worked two or three jobs my whole life. I want to get through college. And she said, I'm going to Nairobi, and I'm on... Got a good job waiting for me, but I can't get my college certificate yet because I haven't paid my college bill. Some of us know what that's like. Okay. Haven't paid my college bill. And I said, well, that's, that's something. And so on. I said, I just, I said, well, how much is your college bill? She said, oh, I'm going to take care of it. It'll take me four years to make enough money to take care of it, but I'm pretty well going to get it about four or five years from now. I said, well, how much is your college bill? $400. And I thought, good night. So I raised the $400, and we paid her college bill. I went through that book with her. Since then, the church in the area that we helped in Operation Go to double to really get going, they have followed her up and they baptized. She's been baptized. She can't go to Nairobi. The reason she can't go to Nairobi, she could go and she had planned to go. But it is the sex trade for a young girl that's single like that is the worst in Nairobi, twice as bad as California. Steal them off the street, put drugs in their body. How I many of you know what? This is bad stuff. And so I knew that. And I said, well, who do you know in Nairobi? Nobody. But I, I'm going to be safe. Yeah, 24 years old, 
attractive young lady. And I said, hmm. So we got another church that we started in there by being over there. This preacher left there, went there and started a church. That church is doing good. We contacted that church. And long story short, a family in the church has taken her into the home to protect her and bring her in. She's still on discipleship and growing in grace individually. Amen. Now, we need to get the gospel to the whole world. But I'm going to tell you, this whole world is made up of individuals. Right. So don't just look at that and say, I'm going to skip that. Don't do that. Whatever you do, do that. Now, one more point, and we got this part of it covered. All right, you ready for the last point? Let's get it down. Step number 13, encourage him to make his decision public in the local church. Put the word relationship in the margin next to that. Build a relationship. Build a relationship. Pick them up. Uh, look on your sheet there for just a minute. And uh, you'll see a couple things that are not on the slide thing that are on your sheet. Let me read them to you if I can. These six steps will help you in building that relationship right away. If I just led Matthew to the Lord, then watch. Number one, get him to promise God, not you, that he'll make his decision public in the next service. I just say, Matthew, I just want you to come and make it public. I explain what that means. It's not joining the church. He's letting people know he's saved to make people begin to pray for him. Number two, see him before that service. I'm going to go by and visit him again before that service. I'll call him on the phone at least. How's your lessons going? How are you doing? He's going to have questions. That's when you can answer the questions because you've been saved. If you, now, this is so important. If you do not know the answer to the question, be honest and say, I don't know. But go look it up. Ask your preacher. You got Google today and Bible commentaries on your phone. Good night to stuff available today. Get a good answer to the question. Go back later. Help him to find the answer. Mark Twain said, if you'll teach a student how to find an answer and not give it to them, you are educating your student. And that is absolutely true. So help him to find the answer. Number three, call him Sunday morning with excitement. Number four, go by and pick him up. Number five, sit by him in the service. Number six, walk the aisle doing the invitation. And those will help you a little bit in getting that done. All right? So you want to encourage him to make his decision public in the local church. All right? Now, let's go to the fourth golden key. Fill that in on the bottom of that sheet. Fourth golden key says use it or you lose it. Use it or you lose it. What does that mean? Put it into practice. <laughs> that means you use it or you lose it. <laughs> that means if you don't, if you just say, oh, that's a pretty good plan. I'll just put it over here to the side. You're not gonna, it's not going to work. You say, can I tell you that uh, leaders, Christians and pastors and leaders in America have shells full of how to do everything. While I hate to say this, a lot of time we do nothing. But our shells are full of how to do it. And we ought to be out presenting the gospel to people. We ought to make some, we need to do it. If we don't use it, we're going to lose it. Let's bow our heads in prayer for just a minute, can we? Let's just bow our heads in prayer for just a minute and ask God to touch our hearts for a second. All right? Now, I want to ask you, while heads about, I want to ask you to take a minute and think about this. It's a 13-point plan. You can hold this sheet in your hand or get a card. We'll talk to you about it in a minute. You can hold a card in your hand and show people how to be saved. There's a lot of things you can do. You can read this and lead people to Christ. You don't have to memorize it before you get started. People respect you if you say, I'm just getting started and I just want 
to be a blessing to you and help you to know how to go to heaven. They'll respect you for that. But you got to use it. Got to get started. How many of you say, if God will help me to do it, this next week, if God will lead me the person, give me the strength to do it this next week, I will present this plan to at least one person between now and next Sunday. I'll present it to one person. Hold your hand up for just a minute if you do that. If God will help me to do it, God will help me to, I'll present it to at least one person between now and next Sunday. And you folks watching online, do the same thing if you would. Make a commitment right now. Now, Lord, thank you so much for the privilege of being able, God, to be involved in this business of showing people how to go to heaven. We recognize you've commissioned us. We recognize this is not a, a gift. This is obedience to you. Help us to be obedient. Thank you for these precious people, for every commitment that's been made. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, stand with me for just a minute. We're not going to take a break, but we're going to do a stand. We'll stand a couple times through there. And let me talk to you before we jump to the next page. Look at the next page here for just a minute. Hold it up and be looking at it. And I'm going to slip forward on the screen so you can see a little bit what's going on here. All right. If you'll notice up here, I'll come back and deal more about that a little bit about how you can get a home course that will train you. And I want to ask you to make an investment in that. What is that, Faye, $59? Yeah. And there's probably a hundred and some dollars worth of material in it. I'll go over some of that a little bit later on. But if I won Matthew to Christ and I brought Matthew into my home for six weeks in a row, I gave him a workbook and I let him watch DVDs, I could train him to be a soul winner. Because my job's not finished until he's won his first soul. You'll see that in a little bit as we go into it. So, now, read this verse aloud with me. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Read it aloud with me. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is love. Now, I want you to stand for a minute because we're going to sit down in a minute and jump into one of the most important things, and we will let you out on time. All right, but I want you to think about this, if you will, for just a minute. The Lord Jesus was born. When Jesus was born as a baby, he was the virgin born Lamb of God, the Son of God, uniquely the Son of God. 100% man, 100% God. We know a lot about his birth. We know that Christmas season. We read a lot of verses about that. But you know, we know very little about what happened from his birth. There's one incident, it's about 11 or 12. But all the way up to where he entered his public ministry. Most of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is on three to three and a half year period of time. Right. For when he called his disciples and ascended up into heaven. Isn't that right? right? All right. And so most of the emphasis is on this. So Jesus recruited how many disciples? Twelve. Remember when he started recruiting, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. First promise was given to these ungodly fishermen. I'm going to teach you how to be a fisher of men. That's what we're dealing with today. Soul winning was important. It was right on the top of the agenda. Then he got them together and started training them and mentoring them. And he said, now let me tell you why I've come. It's one of the clear verses on it. Let me tell you why I'm here. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save. Now who did the saving? He did. Nobody else could have died on the cross and paid the penalty. We're sinners. He was sinless. He did the saving. Who's supposed to do the seeking? We are. He commissioned us to seek. What's the weakest part of that mission statement? Not the saving. Anybody can be saved. He did the job. 
The weakest part is us being obedient and doing the seeking like we're supposed to be doing. So he gave them that. It was very, very important. He gave them his ministry mission statement at that point. The reason that he'd come. Now, look at your sheet that you're holding up right here, and we're going to look at it. The first box up here says what? The mission. The next box says the method. The next box says the model. model. I want you to stop on those three words for just a minute. Listen, Jesus, and we don't think a whole lot about this. Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sin, was put into the grave. Three days and three nights later, up from the grave he arose. And when he had come up out of the grave, he instantly went back to heaven, right? No. How long did he stay on earth? See, we don't think a whole lot about this. One of the most important parts of the ministry of Jesus happened in 40 days. Right. Between the time he was resurrected and ascended up into heaven. If we read carefully the first couple of verses in Acts, Jesus taught his disciples some things. Truth is, he met with them on purpose five different times and gave them in those five different segments the totality of the Great Commission. Not just in one place, right. five times he met with them. Right. Now, one of those, he gave his mission. What was the mission? Preach the gospel to every creature. Mm -hmm. Think of that. Whose mission is that? Whose mission? Let, let me give you a good, good answer. The church. Right. That's not me. It's this building, right? <laughs> it's the church. Isn't that a good answer? Because I don't have any responsibility. It is somewhere we have to tell you, you know, really the truth is every born again child, if I lead Matthew to Christ, he may not know it, but as soon as he gets saved, he is to be obedient to that mission that Jesus left for us to get the gospel to every creature. Right. Whoa. That's a big deal. Isn't it? So that's the mission. What's the first thing I'm going to say? The first thing all of us say, Lord, eight plus billion people I got to get the gospel to every one of them. How am I going to do it? Jesus said, don't worry about it. Because he met with them and gave them a method. He said, just follow this method. Did you know he gave a method? I didn't really think of it that way either. I'd already started and pastored two churches that were baptized people every week that were growing churches and God had really blessed. And I never really got a hold of what I'm telling you. And later on I said, good night. I've got a method that God's given us. It's a method we follow today in these 80-some countries because it's in the book of Acts. It's a method that'll help us to do it. Then Jesus said, let me, let me give you something a little bit better. He said, in the first eight chapters of Acts, I'm going to show you a miniature model of what it would be like if you would follow this method. That's pretty good, isn't it? Right. I never really looked at it that way. Let me give you another thing. How many of you would like to have been with Jesus when he mentored those 12 disciples and let him mentor you? Wouldn't it be great? How about if you had a book where he used everything he did to mentor them, and this is what Jesus did to mentor his 12 disciples? That'd be a good book, wouldn't it? A really good one. So it's called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what it's called. And if you'll read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John for those three years, every miracle, every one of them, every discourse, everything he did, he did it for one reason, to mentor those men. 
And he taught those men. He will mentor you the same way by reading it and following everything he said. It's an amazing thing. Then you jump to those 40 days, and he said, now in the first eight chapters of Acts, here is that method put into practice. Now that I've said that, let's be seated for just a minute. And let's look, let's look, jump forward and quickly in if we can. The mission. What's the mission? Tell me aloud. What is it? Is that hard to understand? You got to know Greek to understand that? You got a Hebrew or something? You got to go to Bible college to understand that. No, we just preach the, our job is to preach the gospel to every creature. All right? Now, the method. Method is so winning correctly understood. And I use those two words correctly understood. Is there a biblical definition of soul winning? If so, what is it? That's an interesting question. I'll give you a card, and you write down on that card, what is soul winning? And we'd probably write something down like to go out and win somebody to Christ. Wait a minute, you said was to give them assurance of salvation. Maybe we need to put that in there. But is there a Bible definition of soul winning? Let me just tell you there is, and we'll give it to you. But it needs, we need to understand what Jesus gave his disciples. When Jesus, during that 40 days, gave that method to his disciples, he was in Jerusalem, and he said, Guys, I want you to travel to Galilee. And it took them a couple days to travel up there. It's a long journey. They traveled up where the Sea of Galilee was on the west side of it, and they traveled to Galilee. And when they got there, Jesus appeared with them, and he gave them, I don't know how long he stayed with them. I thought, I probably think a couple days. And he explained the method to them. That's in the Bible. Where? Matthew 28, 18 and 19 and 20. Which we commonly call the Great Commission. Great Commission. That's only one-fifth of the Great Commission, though. Mm -hmm. It's given five times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first chapter of Acts. Right. When the first chapter of Acts in verse 8, but you going to receive, help me. Power, because we're gonna get the job done. We gotta have some power. Right. Where's the power coming from? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And you're gonna receive power, and the Holy Spirit's gonna make you speak in tongues, <clears throat> act foolish in public, turn somersaults, or do what? Witness. Witness. And you're gonna be witnesses unto me. What did he say we're gonna do? Take the gospel to every creature. So you're gonna be witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria most parts of the earth. All right? That method we'll get to in just a minute. Matthew 28 is when he gave it. Then we're going to look at the model very briefly, which was what happened in the church of Jerusalem. That's Acts chapter 1 through 8. And we'll get where we finish this up in just a little bit. Let's jump into this, if we can, a little bit. The mission. Read it aloud with me, right out of the scripture. Let's read it aloud. And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's no doubt. That's what we, that's our mission. Right. It's pretty simple. You could say to every creature. We can take parts of it or any of it, but to every creature what? The gospel. Supposed to get the gospel to every creature. Let's jump quickly to the method. It's pretty easy to understand that. Now I want you to fill in on the method. What do I say? A four-step what? Methodology. Methodology. This is how to grow a church. This is how to cover Columbia with the gospel. This is how to cover South Carolina with the gospel. This is how to get the gospel to every creature by following these four steps in this methodology. 
It's in Matthew chapter 28. What's step number one? Here's step number one. You ready? Let's fill it in. Go. He said go. Pretty simple, isn't it? Go. What does that mean? Let me tell you what it means in a Baptist church normally. Normally, Matthew, folks, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to have four days and call it a missions conference. And it's the only time we're really going to look at it during the year, but we're going to have a mission conference. And everybody in the pew is sitting back. I don't mean every church, but everybody in the pew is sitting back. Oh, no, not another missions conference. Not a boring time with this. What we're going to have mission. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to say we got to understand some things and think through this a little bit. And so we have a missions conference, and we get that word go. You know what the word go means? It means if there's anybody, a uh, young person like Age of Matthew back there, he ought to get his life straightened out, and he ought to come forward to the altar and surrender and go to the mission field. The rest of us, we pass that age. Unless once in a while one person will say, I'll go do it. That's, that's what the word go means. It does not mean that. It's right. not in that context. Right. It is a participle. And here's what it literally means. Write it down. The word go means while you are going. Right. It's a participle. Action. While you are going. While you are going. God said, there's something I want you to do while you're going. So from now on, he told those disciples, Matthew, he had them up in Galilee. Wouldn't but 11 of them. Only 11. Get the gospel to every creature with 11 people? Are you foolish? How in the world are you going to do that? He said, number one, from now on, 24-7, while you're going. While you're going. What does that mean? I left uh, Cleveland, uh, Ohio, several years ago. And I was coming back down to the northern part of, uh, of uh, West Virginia. And I was down on the interstate. I like drive at night. And I pulled in the truck stop to get some gas. When I pulled in the truck stop to get some gas, <laughs> I was filling the car up in the big truck over here. And the guy's cussing. I mean, he was really cussing good. He was just cussing and cussing and cussing. I waited until he finished, and I started applauding real loud, clapping. He came around, what are you doing? I said, you're the best cusser I've ever heard. I said, I used to think before I got saved that I could cuss, but you're a whole lot better than I am. I just can't believe it. He said, I guess you want to tell me about God. I said, like to. Climbed up his truck, and I led him to Christ. And I led him to Christ while I was going. going. See the word going? While I was going. All right. I'll give you one illustration. I was in Princeton, West Virginia. I do this once in a while. And I know where just about every Starbucks, not anymore, they built so many. But I used to know about every Starbucks and every interchange of every interstate. Because I like good black coffee. I like a place where I can get free Wi-Fi. I like a place where I can meet people. I like peace. I don't like setting a uh, sound with no sound and work. I like work, work around me as long as people don't, you know. Inter so I walk in Princeton. I took my Bible. And I laid my Bible out. I wasn't going to study the Bible, but I laid my Bible out on the corner like that. And here I am doing some working. And a guy walks in and he says, is that a Bible? <laughs> I said, let's check it out. I said, yes, sir. That's he said, why did you put your Bible there? I was trolling. Does anybody fish know what trolling is? Amen. <laughs> you throw the hook in it. I just threw the hook in the water to see if anybody would bite. He was nibbling. Right. He said, is that a Bible? I said, well, let's check. I said, yeah, it said here, Bible it is. He said, can I ask you a question? What did I know right then? You didn't want the question. <laughs> huh? You didn't want the question? I, I, I knew I was not going to answer the question. No doubt about it. I knew it. 
I said, sure you can ask me a question. Not a problem. Have a seat in my office. He sat down. I'll forget the question. It was something that had to do with some marriage issue. I forget what it was. I said, sir, I listened like I was really listening. I could fake it pretty good. So I was listening. When he finished, I said, you know, that's a great question. Can we set that over here just a minute? Let me show you a couple of things in the Bible. What was I going to show him? Step number four, five, six, and seven. Did I have to go to one, two, three? No. We was already past that. I said, let me show you a couple. He said, sure. I showed him that. Then I didn't say a thing about his Christ. I said, let's bow our heads in prayer. I led him to Christ. I led him to the Lord while I was. That's what the word going means. So number one is to go. That's a very important thing that we do. Number two, write it down. What are we supposed to do? Number two, win. Win. Now, I'm going to say a word or two about the word discipleship again because it's very important that we understand it. I think as soul winners that uh, sometimes we do not really understand or think through a couple of things that we need to. But the Bible says go. And what does it say in the scripture? Matthew 28 says go and do what? What's it? It's right under it. What does it say? Teach all nations. All right, teach all nations. You say, well, Brother Wood, <laughs> we're to go and make disciples. I see that in church things sometimes. I'm sure I've said that sometimes. We see it a lot. Jesus said we're to go and make disciples. No, he didn't. Somebody said, our job is to go and make disciples. No, sir, that's not our job. What is our job? To go and win people to Christ and then disciple them. You can't disciple somebody until he gets saved. So he was not saying there, teach all nations. What are you supposed to teach them? You're a sinner. Remember the two words, teach him, step number four, five, six, and seven? You're going to teach him. You're going to teach him. This doesn't mean you're against discipleship. What that means is you understand people have to be saved because he dealt with discipleship, but not in step number two. Teach all nations. You're going to teach them the gospel. And when I send people out, we did in Kenya, we'd send them out every day all over the markets. And we'd send them out on how to do it. Would you stand for a minute if you don't mind, brother? And so we, we told them this. Now, we've taught you 13 steps, but what you're going to do, and we had it in Swahili, all the tracks in Swahili. And we said, and you're going to walk up to them and say, what we're doing is telling people how to know for sure they're going to heaven. Would that be okay? Yes. Thank you. We jumped to step number four, five, six, and seven. See what we did with one, two, three? And you're going to lead him to Christ. Thank you, brother. So your job is to win him. Now, after you win him, you're going to disciple him, right? It's not you against discipleship. We have, for some of you, what happened to my screen up here? Where's my tape? Did I do that? Yes, What did I do wrong? You kept hitting it when you were talking to him. I'd be no problem. So look at your sheet there, and I'll just give you what to fill in on it. It won't be a big problem as we go through it. All right? Let me ask you this. You're the technical person back there in that room back there. Do you know what I did wrong? I don't see an answer there real quick either. Let's just leave that alone. That'll be fine. All right. Look at your sheet for just a minute. And I apologize for that. And we'll get down to the model. We're on step number one is to go. Number two is to win. So we're going to win people to Christ. And after we win them to Christ, we see the necessity of doing that. Number three is this. Baptize. 
Jesus said you need to baptize. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whose responsibility is to get a new convert baptized? Who? Is it the one that's proud of the yeah, Right. Yes. Who, who did Jesus said you, who does that you refer to? No, it refers to missionaries only. Doesn't it? Doesn't Matthew 28? Doesn't Matthew 28 just refer to missionaries? No. It's a good thing because the word missionary is not in the Bible. We'd have a hard time figuring out what that meant. Well, it must refer to preachers. The only people supposed to do so in is preachers. It's all Christians that bring salvation. All Christians? Yes. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Every born again child of God has responsibility. We're to go. And while we go, we win. And then we're to do what? Get them baptized. When I was in Grand Rapids, second church we started, I used to keep some three by five cards with some prospects on them. And if one of the people walked up to me and said, uh, Preacher, what we need to do is uh, I need you to visit two people for me. I was very glad to do that. I take the, I said, write the names on the card. They write the names on the card. They give them to me. And then I pull a couple of cards out. If they give me one card, I give them two. I said, I'll visit this one person if you'll visit these two for me. What was I trying to do? Help them to understand the preacher's not the only one supposed to be doing this thing. <laughs> all right? So we were all working together to get that done. So it's your job. Keep a list of the people you win. Build a relationship. Get them in church. And by the way, the church will help you to get your converts baptized. The pastor will help you to get your converts baptized. The Sunday school class, if you've got a great Sunday school, that teacher will help you get them it's a lot of things within the church. The first two steps go and win are world related. The last two steps, baptize, and I'll give you the other one in a minute. That one is local church related. That's local church related. So we're to get them baptized. Step number four is what? And I'm going to give you a long phrase to write down. You ready to write it down? Number one, go. Number two, win. Number three, baptize. Number four, teach him to do for somebody else what you've just done for him. Teach him to do for somebody else what you've just done for him. All right. Teach him to do for somebody else what you've just done for him. All right. That's a very, very important thing. You remember a while ago in that fruit that remains, I want to give him a place to write down the first person he won to Christ and the date he won him. Because there is a biblical definition of soul winning. Matthew 28 pretty well gives it to us. Here's what Bible soul winning is. Number one, every day while we're going. You can say this a lot of different ways. But every day while we're going, we're seeking to win somebody to Christ. Might only win, it's not how many, maybe one a month or one a year or one a week. But we want to seek to win somebody to Christ. When we win them to Christ, we build a relationship, try to get them, back, get them in church where they can get baptized. We stick with them and take them with us and train them until they can win their first soul. That's when our responsibility is finished because that person is reproduced. What is the fruit of a Christian? I'm not trying to trick you, but think. And I know really quick, I used to quickly say the fruit of a Christian, well, it's love, joy, peace, and long. Wait a minute. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a Christian. That ought to be there. But the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Mm -hmm. 
It's when we reproduce ourselves and win somebody else to Christ. So that's a very, very important thing for us to understand in what we do. Now, I want to get back to that slide so much for some things coming that I'm going to give you about a two-minute break to stand and stretch yourself. I think I know how to do this. Thank you, brother. I think you pushed the right button. All right. Let's catch up. Let's give everybody a chance to get back in. And um, we'll give them about another minute or two to do that where we can get back in and get it. I think it's better that we got that up there because you can, uh, particularly with some verses I want to go to in a minute. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump forward. They'll be back in a minute. All right. There's the mission. All right. We talked about the mission. Number one, the method is what? Go. Number two is to? Number three is to? And number four, teach him to do for somebody else what's just been done for him. That's where we were. All right, so you want to teach him to do for somebody else what's just done for him. Now, let's talk about what happened at that point. At that point, the Lord Jesus trained them. They went back to Jerusalem. Jesus went outside the city. He, we in the book of Acts. He was on the Mount of Ascension. And when he was on the Mount of Ascension, all of a sudden, the disciples are down there. And Jesus just, boom, he's gone. And the disciples are saying, whoa. And there's an angel that appears that says, what are you looking at? I'm kind of putting this in that line. What are you looking at? This same Jesus is coming back again like manner. Then the angel's gone. And they were standing there outside of Jerusalem looking at each other. What are we going to do now? And maybe one of them said, well, maybe we ought to do what he told us to do. What did he tell us to do? What did he tell us to do? Maybe we ought to do that. So they did. They went back to Jerusalem, and they started practicing that. When they went back to Jerusalem, they started practicing it. How many were there? How many were there? Well, there was 11 and 12, one of them. But how many Acts 1.15? They had about 120 to get the gospel to the whole world, right? Well, wait a minute. Acts 2.41, they all went out and started inviting people. Peter got up and gave them the gospel, first message we found. And they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. Why do they baptize their converts? Because they took a course in theology and learned what the word baptism meant, etc., etc. No, they did it because who told them to do it? Jesus. They were obedient. They won them to Christ, then they baptized them. Same day, Look at that word. You want to write it down on your church growth words. See that? Where it has down on the model, it has one, two, three. There are three church growth words. What's the first one? Added. added. That was added. Three thousand. How many do they have now? Somebody's good at math. Somebody follow the math. Help us. How many do they have now? Come on, guys. They started with 120. 3,120. 3,120. That's a pretty good crowd, right? 3,120. They were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church once a year at revival season. What's that word? What does it say? Daily. daily. How's God going to add to this church daily? You know what? You're going to win somebody. You might Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They were out every day winning people to Christ. Nobody told them they ought not to do this but once a year or twice a year. They were going 
Remember that part of the And they were all witnesses. And the Lord added to the church every day. Acts 4 4. How be it many of them that heard the word believe? And the number of men was how many? You ever noticed that before? 5,000? By the time we get to Acts chapter 4, men? If they had 5,000 men, they probably had 5,000 women. women. If they had 5,000 men and women, they probably got what running around? A few babies. If they got three kids to every family, that's 15,000 young people. That's a crowd. Most Bible scholars, this is going, if you have never seen this before, it's going to shake you a little bit. Most Bible scholars believe, time you get to Acts 4 4, there were 23,000 people that had been saved and baptized. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How did they do that? Somebody answer it. Every one of them were going, winning. They were all doing it. Not a spectator. I'm sure some didn't. But majority of them were doing what God told them to do. Acts 4.32. Now there were a multitude of them that believed. There was a multitude of them. Acts 5.14. And the believers were the more. Still we got the word. Added. The believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes both for men and women. Acts 5.42. Every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. They were in the temple and in every house. They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You see what was happening there? Mm -hmm. They were fanatics about this almost, wasn't they? They just went out and they were witnessing people, inviting people into church to hear people preach the gospel. They worked at it. Acts 6 1 watch. In those days, the number of the disciples was multiplied. 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 And there arose a murmuring. So the number was multiplied. Now, why was it multiplied? You'll see this principle all through the Bible. Watch this very carefully. You help me a little bit. My job as a believer, number one, is to do what? Go. While I'm going, I'm to win. So, brother, if you don't mind, if you'd stand up one more time. Now, tell me, I just want him to Christ. Is my job over? No. No. What's the next thing? Number three. What's number three? I got to build a relationship, pick you up, and get we friends, we grow in graceable. He gets baptized. My job's finished? No. no. What I got to do now? Take you with me. You watch me. Remember, I told you how important it is to use a plan he could follow? So he'll have a card in his hand, which he'll follow the 13 points and watch me. Then he knows how to witness to somebody else. And witness somebody. So we might go out three or four times together. And then I might say, you want to try it on your own? Good. Then turn around and point to somebody. Anybody in here? Turn around and point to somebody. Anybody? Okay, would you stand up? So I want him to the Lord. Tell me what church growth word that is. Added. He won him to the Lord. What church growth word is that for me? Multiplied. multiplied. This is how you multiply your life. You want to know how to multiply your life? You got to do it this way. This is what the Bible teaches multiplication. Now watch. What's he supposed to do for him? Teach him what? He gets him, gets him back. How to win. So you turn and point to somebody if you would, brother. Anybody? All right. All right. So he stands. Now watch this. Watch the next word up there. The word of God increased, and the number of the disciples was what? Multiplied, Multiplied greatly. Addition? 
Multiplication, multiply greatly. You see how that's working? That's what we ought to be doing in our churches. That's what we train people to do in Operation Go, is how to make that happen. Thank you, men. Be seated if you would, please. All right. Then look at Acts number 8 and verse 4. We're going to stop with this verse. By the way, the reason I didn't give these to you, they're listed 1, 2, 3, 4 in your model under that. If you want to look at these verses for your own, we've given them to you. Three church words, we know what they are. What are they? Added, multiplied, multiplied. Multiplied greatly. But they were doing, by the way, I want to give you a statistic right here. This is astounding. By the time we get to Acts chapter 8, 100,000 people have been saved and baptized in the greater Jerusalem area. <laughs> I had a guy that taught at a Bible college who heard me say that in a seminar one time. He came in and he said, that cannot be true. I said, well, go research it. And he emailed me later on or texted me one of the others and said, I just couldn't believe it. It's true. But they were doing something wrong. I want you to think, put on your thinking cap and tell me, they were obedient to the Lord except for one thing. What was that? They stayed in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem. I don't blame them. If you've got a metropolitan area of 200,000 and you've got 100,000 saved, you've got Baptist City. Right. <laughs> you pretty well run everything. Elect the people you want to elect or whatever you want to think about that. man. But Jesus wanted them to do it in Jerusalem. Judea. Judea. Other most parts there. So he brought in persecution. The rest of the New Testament, you'll read where they traveled a bar and a renegade named Paul became an evangelist and God blessed him to go help start plant churches and he preached the gospel and you'll find the rest of it they spread out. But notice this through Acts about everywhere they went there was already somebody there. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? They were scattered abroad, and churches were started here and there. And this is exactly the method God gave them to get it done. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute about something that's very important. I want to talk to you about how important you are. And we're ready. To, we're going to wrap this up very quickly now. Because I've kind of gotten down to what this soul winning is all about. Is this important? Yes. Uh, how are we going to get the gospel to Somalia. Do we have a missionary in Somalia? No. If we did, he'd be dead if they catch him. I mean, it's closed. In, in India, there was a little over 1,200 unreached people groups. There is some 38 different languages and dialogues in India. Very difficult. So what are we going to, how are we going to reach these unsaved people groups? How are we going to reach Somalia? You need an indigenous huh? pastor. We need what? An indigenous pastor. Exactly. 100%. So we just call it a national pastor. Because the national pastor knows the language. And the customs. He knows the customs. He eats the food. He, knows where to go. he lives on what they live on. So somehow or another we've got to train national pastors. To do what? Right. So what we try to do is do that. That's the reason in Somalia right now, when we first time we went to Kenya, they had a refugee camp right across the border from Somalia in the edge of Kenya. It had 38,000 people in it. 
And they lived like living in the slums. It was very poor. And that was a man who was a Kenyan who felt called of God to go down there. And he said, minister to those people. And he went down there and took his family and lived like they lived to minister to them. National. My family couldn't live there, neither could yours. Am I right? We couldn't do that. You couldn't take your family there. But he took his family there. We went over there and trained. He came up and introduced himself. He said, I've never won a soul to Christ, but I heard I could learn how to do it here. He speaks Swahili, had a translator. He learned how to win a soul, called another man that was down there that came up out of the same refugee camp. And those two men, June and I was there that time. That's the time you and I went. We could take their picture but we could not, we put black over their face because if the Muslims had found them, they'd have killed them. Okay? So we trained these two. I went back in December. Both of them came back up to the meeting. In the refugee camp, they have won over 2,000 people to Christ. And it started about 11 churches. And the other man that came up from Somalia travels across the border. And it started seven churches in Somalia, all underground churches secret churches. And they're winning people to Christ and baptizing them. Now, is that our job? Yes. It sure is. It's what we ought to be doing. But you say that's good for them, I'm not important. We in America, I'm afraid we've gone to seed on that thing. We believe there's such a, we don't believe it doctrinally, but we believe it in practicality. There's a big difference between the, the clergy and the laity. The preachers over here and the congregations over here, and some of our, and I'm not trying to be credible to big, bigger churches or mega churches, but some of them are nothing but a spectator sport. Come in and watch music and watch this happen. I'm not criticizing what they play. Maybe it's not good or is good. I'm just trying to say we have turned everything into a spectator sport. We don't think we're important. So I want to show you how important you are. Is that all right? Okay, and. Brother, uh, you don't mind me picking on you one more time. I'll pick on you. I want to show you how important you are. Would you stand? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. And I, and I know you'll answer yes. You'd want to answer yes, but answer yes to the question if you don't mind. <clears throat> Would you be willing to be a soul winner? Yes. Yes. Tell me what that means to be a soul winner. Tell me. It means four things. What does it mean? Go. That he's willing to say? We have to get right. I don't know about you, but I have to get right about this. And the change of the year, God touched my heart and said, you're not really witnessing like you should witness. Amen. He ever done that to you? Yes. Yeah. How many, he does that to all of us, doesn't he? You say, preachers, they don't need it. Yeah, we need it too. Absolutely. Everybody needs it. Don't we, preacher? We got to get, we have to continually. Okay, so would you be willing to be a soul winner? Yes. Okay. Point to somebody, anybody. Good. Would you stand? Okay. Now we got two. Okay. Now each of you point to somebody. Each of you point to one person. Okay. She want a preacher. Glory to God. All right. So now we got four. Now each of you point to one person. Anybody? All right. Now each of you standing. You got to keep. Don't quit sewing. Just keep pointing. Let me point to one person. All right. Now each of you stand and point to one person. Point to one person. Now don't forget the heathen way back in the back room. All right. Each of you stand and point to one person. 
Turn around and point to one person. All right? How come we don't have any? Oh, you finally won my wife to Christ. I do. Good. All right? All right, each of you stand and point to one person. All right. Thank you. All right. Now, you see that? That's addition. Multiply. Multiply greatly. Right. Now, brethren, the trumpet sounded. We're now in heaven. In the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said, look around. I asked you to be a sower, and you said, yes. So, look around. It's wonderful, isn't it? Amen. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Right. That's what we want to hear, isn't it? Sure. Well done. Watch this. I'm going to ask you a question. This time say no. You don't want to, but just help me. Okay. Would you be willing to be a soul winner? No. No? Mm. Then just be seated if you would, if you don't mind. Now watch, brother. Would every one of you that are standing now because he said yes the first time, please be seated. That's how important you are. Yeah. That's how important you are. Wow. That's how important you are. That's how important you are. Every saved person is that important. Right. We can't forget that. When we forget it, we got problems. All of a sudden, Ichabog, our church is uh, lean, cold, dead, no spirit, nobody saved. Baptism waters never stirred, nothing ever happens. Our loved ones go to hell, our friends go to hell, our churches dry up. That's what's wrong in Europe. And folks, America's not far behind. We got to get this done. Now, what I'm going to do right before we wrap up, I always, this seminar is free, but we always give people an opportunity to give an offering to missions. And the offering to missions, what we ask people to do is to pray over helping us with these national pastors. It's hard for you to believe this, but we can take $250 and bring a national pastor in and pay his travel in. We can feed him for three days, lodge him for three days, give him a syllabus, train him for three days, and everything we've talked about, and give him the Operation Go program in his own language where he has material to go back and train another 100 soul winners. And we have found out by statistics, we've been doing this so long, that if we can train one pastor in the next two years, he will train some 90 soul winners, some 80, some 90, some 100, some more, but some 90 to 100 soul winners. Those soul winners will win about 10 people each. That means if we can train a national preacher in two years, he'll plant one or two underground churches or home churches, and he'll train about 80 or 90 soul winners, and they'll have somewhere between 750 and 1,000 people saved for $250. That's a pretty good investment, isn't it? Sure. When you think about what can be done. Once we can get a country like we have India, once we can get a country to do it where we've trained the leadership, where we don't have to go to America and do that, and the leadership can do it, it goes down from 250 to about $130 a pastor to train preachers. 
And God has helped us to do that. So I'm going to give each one of you, if you don't mind me doing it, I'm going to give you a little something to take home with you to pray with us about. But I'm going to give you one of these envelopes. If I could have a couple men to help me for a minute. And we'll give one of these. And you can just let me take, give me one if you don't mind. And we'll put them on the end of the aisle. Thank you, Pastor. Let everybody take one. And then we'll open it together. I'll show you what it's like in a minute. Open it up and you'll see on the front of us a beautiful picture. On the top are the three words. These are the three words that's going to help us to get the gospel. I think that are biblical. And they are the three words. We pray, we give, and we go. Now, what do I mean by the word go? That's what we got to do at home. Right. Missions is not just overseas. It's what we do at home. Right. We got to do it. So we pray, we give, and we go. The bottom of that card said, yes, I'll participate in global evangelization. And if you can sponsor one pastor, you can do it with a one-time gift, either by a check or you can do it by uh, cash or by credit card on the right. Or you can say $21 a month and the $21 a month will help us in a year to sponsor one pastor. You can help us sponsor one pastor. Now, we are opening up next month the country of uh, N-E-P-A-L. It's pronounced a couple different ways. Nepal, we know what that is. And uh, it's a country that desperately needs the Lord. We have never opened that country, but we are. And we are about 11 pastors away from having enough money to take care of going into that country. We, this is the way we do it, country by country by country. Then we get national leadership trained. Now, you say, I cannot take care of a pastor. There's a box you can check on the bottom. I'll not be providing for a national pastor's time, but I'd like to give a cash gift. You can do that. What he told me, he said, Brother David, he said, let me tell you what, my whole life has been addition. I've never seen it. He said, when I first got saved at Highland Park, Dr. Robinson, I smoked and I drank beer. He said, first thing God took away from me is a beer. Next thing God took away from me is my cigarettes. He said, then I got on a bus route. And I knew I could never do much. And he said, I started bringing people in on a bus route. He said, little by little, I got to a place I could win somebody to Christ. He said, I've won a lot of people. But he said, I've never planted a fruit tree. I've never, ever had one of my converts that I've trained to win somebody else. He said, today, 72 years old, I've asked God to help me to plant a thousand fruit trees before I die. Whoa. I thought, my goodness. Now, I saw him a couple of times after that. I haven't been in several years. But I saw him a couple of times. He was already over 30. He had already won 30 people that he had trained to win somebody else. He was working at it, working at it, working at it. And I'll tell you that story to tell you. I don't care how old you are or where you are. This is what God wants us to do. So let's bow our heads in prayer for just a minute if we can. Every head's bowed and our eyes are closed and God's speaking to our heart. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed for a minute. I want you to think about this. Plant a fruit tree. Because I want to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. If you'll make a commitment to do it in the year 2022. <coughs> I almost want to say in the next week or the next month because we have a way of forgetting stuff very quickly. But I want you to, if you commit to do it, I want you to write it down and put it in a note in your Bible. So you'll remember it. Plant a fruit tree in 22. Now, if you plant two, good. If you plant 10, good, but plant one. Think about one. That's how important you are.
And I can tell you, because I've lived long enough here on this earth to see it, that if you invest your life in somebody else, you will see the results. Now, you say, I know when I get to the judgment seat of Christ, yes, you will see it in a magnitude you never thought you could at the judgment seat of Christ, but you'll see it on this earth because you're going to help a lot of people right on this earth. How many of you say, if God will help me to do it, I want to plant a fruit tree. That means you're going to win, if you have to win four or five before you can get somebody in church baptized or ten, whatever, and you're going to stick, I have to get four, a couple baptized before you can get somebody to let you train them. But if God will help you to do it, you'll stick with it till you plant a fruit tree this year. Slip your hand up for just a minute, would you? In my hands with yours. No pressure, just as God's laid it on your heart. I want to plant a fruit tree. Wonderful. Now, Father, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for this morning, for these precious people that they've given their morning to studying about leading people to Christ. Pray you bless them. God build a hedge of protection around them and help them, God, to begin to prosper and to see many, many people come to Christ. Pray that you bless their lives. Pray bless their families. And God, the churches that are represented here, that the power of God would fall. And God, we'd invest ourselves in what you left us to do, which is to get the gospel to everyone we possibly can. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Okay.